Hey, hi, hello, how are you? And welcome back to Watch It Again. As always, I'm your host, Jacob, and with me are... I'm Kat. And I'm Nick. And what do we do here, Nicholas? Uh, we just review movies now. We did the 101. Uh, didn't think we'd have to explain that. I felt we're way past that now, but now we just talk about whatever we want. And this week, we're talking about... Bond. Again. Yes. More Bond. Again. Future Bond. The other two Daniel Craig Bond movies. In, in, in so anticipation for the, next week's release of No Time to Die. The movie that came out like a month ago for everywhere yeah. else. I feel like no one's going to care. <laughs> yeah, but you know. I'm surprised we haven't gotten anything leaked yet. I'm sure Must you be could very just uneventful. Google what happens and it would be there. Mm. I don't know. I haven't really looked. But Kat, I've been avoiding spoilers. Well done. Um, do you want to kick us off with a bit of uh, Bond, Bond talk? Oh yes, I can. I can. So yeah, we're covering Skyfall and Spectre, um, which continues the Daniel Craig Bond saga. Um, so Skyfall is the twenty third Bond film. It earned um, around eighty point six million dollars on its opening weekend and over. Um, 1.1 billion worldwide, That's um, decent. which is pretty massive. Um, its release coincided with the 50th anniversary of the series, which began with Doctor No in 1962. Um, Skyfall won several accolades, including two Academy Awards, one for Best Original Song, um, two BAFTA Awards and two Grammy Awards. It received highly positive reviews from critics and was the 14th film to gross over $1 billion worldwide and the only James Bond film to do so. Um, it became the seventh highest grossing film of all time, the highest grossing film in the UK and the highest grossing film in the series, the highest grossing film worldwide for both Sony Pictures and MGM and the second highest grossing film of 2012. So much just so, happened. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty fucking Do we massive. know what the highest grossing film of 2012 is per chance? Because I know what it is. Um, the Avengers? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And then it would have been like Deathly Hallows, um, The Dark Knight, and something in the, oh, the Hunger Games trilogy, I'd Titanic? say. Titanic? Say Titanic. Titanic. That was like 2001, man. That was... Oh, yeah. sorry. I thought you meant ever. No. Right. Sorry, oh, no. I, I, I think at the time no, I was we're like, just talking you know, about, about that year. A lot of things happened oh, in 2012. De- De- Deathly Hallows before 2012, wasn't it? I think part two came out in 2012. Oh, and the last Twilight mm. movie came out in 2012 as well. So, oh, yeah. there's your number one. Yeah, pretty massive. Number one for me every year day. Year for cinema. <laughs> um, so Sam Mendes was initially approached to direct Bond 23 after the release of Quantum of Solace in 2008. So yeah, there was quite a big gap, four years between the two movies. Um, and Mendez's participation is largely down to Craig. The two bumped into each other at a party and Craig suggested Mendez do a Bond film. Mendez said, quote, one of the reasons I'm doing this is because I think, like a lot of people, Casino Royale woke me up again to the possibilities of Bond. It seemed for the first time to be a real person in a real situation. It felt anchored again. And I certainly agree. I think, I think like, 
this one definitely changes the whole anchored thing and takes mm. it in a back to what Bond was compared to the last two we talked about. Yeah. I think a lot of the realism kind of comes out of it a little bit in this one and gets more and more as we go along, especially in the next I, one we'll talk about soon. I think that mostly comes from like the plot though. Mm. I, I think the pl- like every it's still kind of grounded. Like there's a bit over the top, but like like the, the silly gadgets think... are back and like some of the goofs are back and it's a bit more the silly the silly gadgets though. He gets it's a gun with a handprint scanner and a radio. Like that, I feel like yeah. that's still pretty. I want to talk about that gun earth. with a handprint scanner later because it's a big thing about that gun. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> I, I noticed it too. Bugs me a lot, and I'm yeah. But we'll get to yeah. that. We'll get to well, the gun. Let's, no. Oh, do okay. you want to talk about we'll the gun now? Gun. We can talk about the gun okay. now if you want. So I haven't got anything on the gun. So Bond is mm. presented with a special miniature gun, which is like the signature Bond gun. Right, I can't remember the exact yeah. type, and it has a special like reader in the handle, so it only responds to his palm and like handprint. So he's the only one that can fire it. And then in the fight sequence, he's wearing a glove. He takes the glove off. But it, no, but like but then it's back it's on. Back. Like, yeah, once like during the fight scene. Yeah, so he's firing the gun with the glove. That on. was just a. Because I, I heard it was during the casino scene. Mm. Daniel Craig was wearing them and he was like... That. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah, Daniel yeah. Craig was like, these are my special gloves. I bought them in Italy or whatever. I love them. I want to wear them. Yeah. But I think that's wrong. Because yeah. people are saying, oh, they CG'd real hands over the gloves. I, I don't think that's actually true. I, I think, think it's just for that scene. there is in a couple of scene. shots. There is CG. Because like some tower. of his fingers look really weird yeah. and massive. Really? Yeah. Because he's wearing the gloves in the the Shanghai scene, and I feel like the gloves would have just looked weird if he was in a casino. I don't know, but you know, suit. he's firing his hand from gun with gloves on. But that's the only gimmick the movie yeah. has, and you'd, you'd think yeah, it's the one as someone thing. who read the script, you would have been like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe don't I wear gloves while firing the gun. That's like the one gadget you kind of mainly have. Yeah. But, oh well, cat. Oh well. Um, so unfortunately development was delayed, um, which is why there was such a big gap between the movies because MGM essentially went bankrupt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Yeah, (laughs) they emerged from their, (laughs) they emerged from their financial struggles in December, 2010. So Bond 23 was back on, um, in this time, however, the original script sorry, screenwriter Peter Morgan had left the project, so his original script was changed quite a bit. Um, So the original had M being blackmailed by a Russian oligarch who would be a former KGB agent she had an affair with while stationed in West Berlin during the Cold War. The script would have ended with Bond being forced to kill M. Um, Mendes disliked most of the script but asked to keep the ending with M's death. So I think it would have been a very different movie because mm. it would have been about M and not about mm. Bond. But I think we, we were talking about that, like when we were doing the first two, how, you know, M was given more of a role in um, Quantum of Solace that, like, you know, made her more of an actual character. And that's mm. definitely fleshed out in this, that she is, like, you know, pretty much the female lead of this film in a sense. Like, yeah. you know, it gets a lot of screen time compared to her character in both the Brosnan films and, like, you know, even the earlier two Craig films. 
Yeah, mm. yeah. She becomes, she comes into her own yeah. in this, I would say. Um, so when production resumed, Neil Purvis and Robert Wade started writing um, what would become the final script. They drew inspiration from You Only Live Twice from 1964 and The Man with the Golden Gun from 1965, in which Bond is presumed dead after an accident but travels back to London to an uncertain MI6. Um, at the end of 2010, Purvis and Wade completed a draft titled Nothing Is Forever, in which a villain called Raoul Sousa kills M with a bombing aboard the Barcelona Metro and leaves a bureaucrat named Melinda as the new M. They weren't happy with the third act, so revised it to include an ending in Scotland, um, and the final script was written by John Logan, who kept most of the basic story. Can we also appreciate um, how Q is back in this? Like, Ben Winshaw's casting is just the fucking greatest thing <laughs> ever. Yeah, isn't it? I think everyone... Like, that's going to be a shame if they, like, recast Which I think they, everyone they'll have to. for this next bond. I, I don't know. I think, like, you keep M and Q and Money Penny. It'll be weird. I suppose they kept M be like... between Brosnan and Craig. Like, Judy, you know, Judy Dench was both, yeah. so... But yeah. like we said, I'm sure we said this in the last Bond episode. Like this one's so tight, yeah. continuity wise. Like it's it yeah. might be weird to see all of them except for and, Daniel and Craig. It, it's but... such a thing now. It's been what 16 or so years since the f- well, 15 years since the first, and it's like yeah. in terms of story, like that time is passing. Like you know, Bond when we get to you know No Time to Die in next week when it comes out. It will have been like, you know, it's 15 years for Bond doing this. Like, he looks old. He's tired. He's just like, I'm done. Yeah, Daniel Craig has visibly aged. Yeah, (laughs) but it's funny because he's now kind of the age that some of the classic Bonds were. And he's at like the end of his, you know, tenure as the character where some of the others were kind of starting at this point. Just beginning. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, hey? It's just weird. Like, he was so young. It's really weird that this is the one, like, obviously, it's not this movie's fault, but it's really weird that this is the movie where they're like, oh, he's super old and fucked and he's struggling to, like, keep yeah. up. But now, it's, it's for, like, two movies after. Yeah, he's, he's fine. fine. No, he's just doing, like, just he's getting just like, yeah. hit by cars and doing combat yeah, roles. And like, oh. <laughs> but I think the next, I think Spectre's definitely where it gets a bit back to the goofy thing. Like, there's a couple of, like, especially, like, the couch gag and stuff where it's like, you should be yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because it's Bond and it's funny. Oh, I fell off a collapsing building. Oh, there's a lounge I just let, happened to sit in, you know? Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Get up, but dust the, off your seat. Yeah, exactly. And it's off you go. But they, sh- they, but they showed enough restraint to not make the car he has, like, super, I don't know, like, high tech. It's not the underwater. Yeah, like, you know, it's got all, got all the knobs. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got, like, the atmosphere setting. I was like, oh, my God, it flies. Yeah, but it's no, it's just, just a, yeah. sets the atmosphere. Sets the atmosphere. Like, <laughs> 009. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, did, I did. I did like that, but yeah, we'll come back to that. Um, yeah. um, so the final story, which is what we get in the movie, um, centers on Bond investigating um, an attack on MI6 that leads to a wider plot by former agent Raoul Silva to discredit and kill M as revenge for abandoning him. The film brings back two famous Bond characters, the first being Eve, who is later revealed to be Miss Moneypenny, played by Yay. Naomi Harris. Um, Miss Moneypenny was originally M's secretary, but in this film is presented as a field agent who works closely with Bond. 
Um, despite media speculation at the time that Harris had been cast as Miss Moneypenny, this was not confirmed by anyone involved in production, with Harris herself dismissing claims that Eve was in fact Moneypenny until the film was released. So everyone was very tight-lipped about that. If you look at the movie's IMDb page, she is listed as Eve, right? Mm. But then, if you look at uh, the IMDb page for Spectre, she's listed as Bunny Penny. Hmm. She becomes Bunny Penny. Yeah. Just a little tidbit um, there for you. <laughs> so, Nick touched on this earlier. The second character reintroduced is Q, the quartermaster, played by Ben Whishaw. Um, Q was absent from Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. And at age 31, it was the first time the actor playing Q was younger than the actor playing Bond. Um, which is pretty cool. Caused a bit of a stir at the time. Um, I'm just going to put out that now. Um, ben Wishaw should be the next Doctor in Doctor Who. but Oh, yeah, yeah just for the hair alone, yeah. honestly. Just for him being um, him. <laughs> so Q is the head of Q Branch, the fictional research and development division of the British Secret Service. Um, obviously, you've got Daniel Craig and Judy Dench reprising their roles as James Bond and M. Um, Dench actually had more screen time in this movie alone than Desmond Llewellyn had in his 17 movies as Q, making her portrayal of <laughs> M the most recurrent character in the series after Bond as measured in screen Love time. It. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she gets a lot more screen time than a lot of other characters oh, that's good. in the last 50 years. Um, so we're also introduced to Ralph. I always pronounce his last name wrong. Jacob, help me out here. Um, Rafe wow. Fines. Rafe. Huh? I always say Ralph. It's got an L I in know. it. You should pronounce it. <laughs> who's Ralph? But yeah, Rafe Fines. Okay, Lord Rafe Voldemort Fiennes. himself. Um, as Gareth Mallory the chairman of the Joint Intelligent Committee who regulates MI6 and a former SAS lieutenant colonel and later the new M. I do Fines like his character. Was... Yeah. Yeah. Especially Fines the next was previously... one. Oh, in the next movie. Yeah, Inspector. Yeah. Um, so Fines was previously considered for the role of Bond during the casting of Goldeneye and would have been given the part if Brosnan had turned down the role. Okay. I did think that. I was watching that? it. I was watching it and I was like, oh, he would have been a good Bond like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, he can still somewhat be a good Bond now. Oh, yeah. You know, like as we were talking about like two weeks or three weeks or whatever it was when we were doing this, like the first half, and we we're talking about like the future of the series and like what are they going to do? He would be the perfect casting if they did the 1960s Bond. Mm. Well, he's do he's doing it. He's um yeah, in the Kingsman, Kingsman yeah. prequel yeah. that's never going to come out. And that's just delayed. Oh, and I delayed didn't even and delayed. know about that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was supposed to come out like start of twenty twenty, I think. Yeah. Like, even before pandemic, it got delayed heaps, and now it's being delayed more. It's like hmm. so yeah. far due. But I mean, everything else. Like the I was at the movies the other day, and the poster for Bond says April twenty twenty on it. Because why get a why print a new poster when you know? Not even like a single like no one's just, going to see It just them, says so. April twenty twenty on it and it's like, well, it actually comes out on the November eleventh, but you know, April twenty twenty is fine. That's just putting it like the perspective that this movie and like they haven't touched it. Like it was finished then and they said we're not gonna alter it, we're not gonna do anything in terms of what the movie was meant to be 
in April 2020 is what the movie that's coming out. Which I, I think... thought they were going. I thought they were going back to reshoot certain no. shots because this is a big part of Bond. A lot of the product placement isn't relevant now. <laughs> Maybe like because a lot of like because a, a lot of the budgets on Bond movies come from like sponsorships from Rolex and Heineken, Sony and phones and Sony mm. laptops. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Sony Ericsson. So God, many Sony damn, Ericsson's all over those first yeah. two. Oh. <laughs> I've never seen one in real life, but Facial man, there are plenty in the Bond world. 200 meters away on the grainy Sony Ericsson, you can identify on that. The back yeah. of someone's head. Oh yeah. But yeah, I, I I think they well they might not have. But as far as I know, mm. they were going to go back and be like, oh yeah, this is our new Sony Sony Ericsson phone because the one in 2019 isn't so really it'd, relevant it'd just now. Just be digital replacement, I guess. Yeah, so I, like, yeah. I hope they do a better job of CGIing it than Craig's hands. Or, or Craig's head on that motorbike at the start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you guys notice that? Or just, no. like, just, or just the shot where it's yeah. clearly not him and they're like, we're not even going to bother trying to like fix the stunt doubles. There. Oh, it's I, just, it, it doesn't matter. It looks like, uh, like yeah, they've clearly put, they've tried to CG Daniel Craig's face over the like rooftop bike chase and it just looks horrible. <laughs> Horrid. Horrible. In terms of, <laughs> it looks way better in Spectre. Like the start of Spectre looks a lot better. I didn't notice any CG Daniel Craig head, but yeah, his head just looks massive. Well, I know Daniel Craig has a big head, but like, <laughs> it looks like you see pixels in, in it. In terms of the cold uh, open, how do you guys rate this one? I love it. Yeah, I think. I think it's really, yeah. really good. I think. I think it's great. Spectre has the best one. Uh, yeah, because I, I, for a while whole... it's it's a faked one take. It's not one take, oh, yeah. but it's done to look like it is. I'm going to talk about that, Sorry. Jacob. Yeah. We're not up to it yet. Sorry, I... don't don't spoil it. We're talking about Skyfall. <laughs> uh, all I'll say is the I know the Skyfall one just seems way more grounded to me and more dangerous. Like the whole helicopter swerving through the air kind of lost me a bit yeah but it's the silly bond so it's okay it's it's yeah, the most brosnan Just... it gets in the terms of craig movies <laughs> i one thing like the the first one feels very craig and i was watching the helicopter one i thought oh remember when the first one like in the first opening he drowns a guy in a sink yeah <laughs> And now he's like kicking guys out of helicopters <laughs> and punching the pilot for no reason. He's been doing it for like ten years at that point, like, so good on him. Yeah. You know, he's he's oh upgraded. His license to kill like has gone a long Daniel, way. That's that's just Daniel Craig in a real helicopter yeah. going. I don't want to do another one. <laughs> yeah, let me out of here and fly this thing out away. <laughs> oh, crush it! The poor actual like real pilot is like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> threw me out the window. You guys should direct movies. It'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Do you know we're directing the new um, Bond with someone? <laughs> Who are we casting? With someone? Uh, uh, Harry Styles. Yeah. Oh, he's a hot commodity at the <laughs> yeah. moment. So jump on that. Uh, I, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I'm not going back I won't there. spoil anything upcoming. No, yeah. We'll go back to that. Okay, Kat, um, Skyfall, back to us. Keep us on track. So, um, Javier Bardem plays the principal villain, Raul Silva, a cyber terrorist seeking revenge against those who he holds responsible for betraying him. And ruining his Mendes- face. Yeah. See, back because to all deformities. Villains have 
I deformed. Except for the one the director just called ugly in Quantum of Solace. Um, so Mendez... No, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Sorry. Okay. Mendez lobbied hard for Bardem to accept the role um, and saw potential for the character to be recognised as one of the most memorable in the series. Mendez says, quote, he was the one person who didn't say yes right away and that he promised Bardem that he could develop the character. Mendez says that many of the ideas, the way he looked, the blonde hair colour, were Bardem's own. Um, and in relation to the character, Mendez says he's a peacock of a character, unlike anything Javier has played before. Kenny and witty and flirtatious in a disturbing way that even I didn't expect. I thought he was going to fuck Bardem Bond at one point. Yeah, exactly. Really, you know, I was like, oh, and Bond's just like, okay. Like, he just <laughs> wasn't, he was like, yeah, sure. Um... So Bardem describes Silver as more than a villain, while Craig stated that Bond has a very important relationship to Silver. Um, before filming, Bardem also had the screenplay translated into his native Spanish. He says, quote, I usually do that because there is something organic to the words, and when you are speaking a language that is not your mother tongue, words can be misunderstood. You need to have the emotional knowledge. Interesting. What do you think of that? Mm. Do you think he is one of the most memorable in the series? No. Not, not visually, but I think, like, in general, absolutely. Mm. Like, he's, like, one of my favourites, for sure. I think he's the most enigmatic. Yeah. After maybe Mads Mikkelsen. Because he's pretty great. I, th I think I like him more than Mads. Mm. Like, controversial. I, I like the next one. <laughs> the next one? I don't. Because it's just funny. I really don't. We'll, we'll get to that, but, yeah. Okay, okay. Mm. Well, don't get too up in arms about it, guys. Sorry. I mean, get, just, just saying. <laughs> um, so another notable character is Kincaid. Um, the producers initially considered approaching Sean Connery, the original Bond, as a nod to the 50th anniversary of the series. Um, and that is so painfully clear now that I've heard that and watched it again. Because wow. <laughs> um, I want to hear what he likes... Sorry, you go, Nick. Me? Yeah. All right. Like, it's just so painfully clear when he step, he goes like, oh, and like steps out of the shadows. Like, it's so clear that's supposed to be the moment where everyone's like, oh, he's back. <laughs> but I, under I understand why you wouldn't get him because it would be very distracting. Yeah, but... well, they thought it would just be kind of more stunt casting and distract the audience from the story. Well, do you guys want to but know a fun fact? Can't kind of yeah. It just feels like we, by not getting him, he's just a nothing guy. Like the guy who plays him is fine, but like it's such a weird character to include that we've had no sort of introduction to. Well, the guy who plays him is actually Albert Finney, who is an Oscar nominee and worked in the Bourne series. Well, in another fun fact about this casting of uh, it was almost Sean Connery. In earlier versions of the script, they toyed with the idea of having James Bond be the code name for 007 and not his actual name, and that Sean Connery's character that they visit in the house would have been Connery's Bond. So yeah, and that, it would have that just was going to be like a house all where all together, James yeah, retire. and it would have tied it all together that all of the James Bond movies are, 
you know, it's just a title that's passed on, not actually, mm. you know. And then they went, no, that's too complicated <laughs> and too hard because then you have reoccurring other characters that it just gets too, you know, complicated to if try and do. If you start that, yeah. you've got to start from a certain point yeah. and go, this is where it begins. Yeah. All that other stuff doesn't matter. So, yeah, they didn't do it. Um, but I really like that theory that... James Bond is just a code name. Hmm. Explains why he just goes up to random women in bars and say, my name's James Bond. Or just whenever he goes into anyway. any supervillain organisation, he's like, hi, my name's James yeah. Bond, how you going? And they're like, oh, hey, Mr. Bond, we know exactly yeah. who you are. We're going to kill you yeah. now. Yeah. Prepare to die. <laughs> we'll just launch a drone strike on your flat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, why not just, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, so... Berenice Marlowe plays the Bond girl, Severine, um, who gets shot quite brutally. Um, Marlowe says she drew inspiration from GoldenEye villain Xenia Unatob, who was played by Famke Janssen. Um, so yeah, she doesn't really have much of an impact in terms of Bond girls for me, compared to other ones in the series. Yep. Yeah, she probably gets the least sort of to work with out of all of them, I guess. I, kind of, I feel yeah. like most of, like, we were talking about last week in terms of, like, the Bond girl's role in these movies. I feel like most of it gets pushed mm. off to Money Penny in this. Yeah. And she kind of takes, yeah. like, the leading kind of female role in, like, that sense, except for obviously having to sleep with Bond. But, like, yeah. everything else. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So filming began in November 2011, um, primarily in the United Kingdom with smaller portions shot in China and Turkey, and it was the first Bond film to be shot entirely digitally. <gasps> Did you guys know this? Even Spectre wasn't filmed entirely digitally. Well, there you go. Oh. Yeah. Um, the opening sequence took four months to prep, three months to rehearse, and two months to shoot. What the fuck? And the finished cut only takes up about 12 minutes of screen time. Yeah. <laughs> that's just fu- that's too much. So that's why Inspector like a lot of time. CGI helicopters, CGI crowds, CGI buildings, let's just pump it out. You know. <laughs> easy. Um but yeah. <laughs> took a lot. Um so there were eighty five versions of Bond's Tom Ford suit tailor made for the opening chase sequence that um that was shared between Craig and his stunt double. Each version of the suit was made for a particular point in the chase. Like when Craig is riding the motorbike, the sleeves are longer so they wouldn't raise up his arms. And the tire worn when Craig was on the motorbike was weighted to stop it from flapping around. So that's pretty cool. There is a lot of times where like Daniel Craig has two different sizes of the same suit in these films. He's got his Mm. standing around suit, which is a size too small. So it's very tight on him. And a very slick looking, and then he's got his fighting suit, which is a size too big, so he can move easily. Actually, move. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's you know. Yeah. Good for him. Doesn't actually. Good for him. Doesn't actually wear. Suits, yeah, that's a lot. Doesn't actually wear a suit that is his actual size. It's either too <laughs> small or too big. But it's fine. Um, it's fine. It it's James Bond. Exactly. It's fine. Um, so Mendez was influenced by another series we have done recently. Any of you guess what it is? 
Dark Knight. Like very recently. Yeah. I was like, it's only been yeah. one the series recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the Dark Knight trilogy. He says, quote, in terms of what Nolan achieved, specifically the Dark Knight, um, what it proved was that you can make a huge movie that is thrilling and entertaining and has a lot to say about the world we live in, even if, in the case of the Dark Knight, it's not even set in our world. That did help give me the confidence to take this movie in directions that um, might not have been possible. Nolan has often stated that the classic James Bond movies were an influence on his Dark Knight trilogy, and as such, one can say that Bond inspired Batman and the Batman have inspired Bond. Oh. Which is pretty cool. Um, so, shall we move on to Spectre? Because I've been talking for about half Before, an hour. Before, do we want yes. to talk about Bond song? In oh, yeah. terms of Adele's Skyfall. Mm-hmm. How do you guys rate this? Because, you know... I quite enjoy last, it. Last time we did this, I, I had Variety's list and um, we're going through where things... So, you know, Casino Royale's, you know, my name ranked at number 17. And um, what was the other one? Where is it? Um, Quantum of Solace, Another Way to Die was at number 23. What number do you think Adele's Skyfall is? It's like four or something. Number one. Number 13. Oh, oh really? Yeah. What? I thought people loved Skyfall. Do you like, guys want to know what number like one, one is? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it. It's um, is it the Diamonds Are Forever, isn't it? Diamonds Are Forever, yeah. What is yeah. Number two is Goldfinger. Mm. Number three is... Um, you know, Doctor No, nineteen sixty-two, the James Bond theme. You know that yeah. iconic mm-hmm. orchestral score that is then incorporated into every other Bond theme in the sort of way. Um, number four is "You Only Live Twice." Number five is arguably my favourite, which is "Live and Let Die" by Paul McCartney and Wings, because that okay, fucking slaps. Good. Um, <laughs> number six. Are we gonna rate? Yeah, all well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you what that. Yeah. Um, oh god, okay. get, get a pen and paper. We all have. T- we have all the time <sighs> in the world. Seven is nobody does it better. Eight is her, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um, number nine is Billie Eilish, No Time to Die. Uh, ten Ooh. is Moonraker. Eleven like. Thunderball. Okay, we've done ten. What do that's, you think? That's plenty. Where do you think? Um, hang on, what's it called? Because since we're moving to Spectre, where do you oh, think that um, Sam Smith's the... writing on the wall fits in? It's the last, isn't it? It is dead fucking is last. It? Oh, it's not that bad. At number 26. I remember, 26. like, it's, it, it's kind of got the same problem that uh, Billie Eilish's had for me at the time where like, I listened to it before the movie came out and I was like, this is nothing. But when I was actually watching the movie, I was like, oh no, this is all right. It like matches the tone. <laughs> well, that's good. That's what I guess they're trying to, re- trying to achieve, match the tone. Yeah, I think so. Like, um, I, yeah, like it's like not great. I try, even tried like re-listening to it. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like, like, it's not amazing, but you know, it's, does its job in the movie's job. context, well, I, I mean, suppose. It did win best original song that year, yeah, so that doesn't mean It's mean got much, something though. going for it. <laughs> I remember when Sam Smith made like a complete like dick out of himself at the Oscars. Mm. 
No. He like got up on stage and he was like, like announced that he was like the first openly gay man to win an Oscar. And then immediately after the Oscars, people were like, oh, do you actually uh, know this guy won it in like 1973? Uh, and he was like, oh, maybe we should go on a date sometime. And the journalist was like, oh yeah, he died seven years ago. And he was just kind of left to be like, oh, 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 well, that's, um, okay. Do you guys, okay, let's move on. Well, to do Spectre. you guys know about the alternate Spectre song? Oh, the radio, the radio head song that is way better. It is so right. much better though. But like, it is a Bond song. Like in terms of like the old school like it follows the beat patterns of the you know original James Bond theme, and it's this this much better Bond song than what they went with. I think it's a better song. Like yeah, I don't know. It's probably just as good in the movie, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So like, how does that work? Do artists just record their song and like pitch it to MGM? Yeah, they, like, they oh, submit a song that. and then. Yeah, well, they have to like, oh, go into nice. an, agra- an ar- arrangement to pitch and then they go away, make their song, pitch it, and then the producers, you know, pick one. The producers yeah. pick it. Yeah. Interesting. Very. Um, Spectre. Yeah. Spectre. Fantastic um, cold open. Yes. Fantastic. Um, which I will get to. So the Craig Bonds had already introduced the concept of a direct sequel. Um, with Quantum of Solace picking up mere minutes after Casino Royale ended, even though Bond had time to change his suit. Take his waistcoat off. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's fine. Yeah. So it shouldn't come as a huge surprise, considering Skyfall's enormous cultural impact, that Spectre is a direct follow-up. But um, Mendes is keen to point out that it's not simply Skyfall 2. Quote, it's quite a different film. It's quite daring. It takes something you that you, sorry, it's quite daring to take something that you know has worked and turn it around. For me, the idea to do another Bond movie and do something exactly the same would seem to be foolish. It was about being able to do things with this movie that I hadn't been able to do on the last one, uh, it, which I think definitely comes through. And I think it, it, it feels like it's kind of written to be the end of Daniel Craig's mm. Bond. Like, it is yeah. the final mo- of four movies. It sums everything up. And it's like, oh, we're doing another one now. But this kind <laughs> of, like, Bond walks off into the night with his woman. And, like, that's it. Like, he got his that's happy it. ever after and he's gone. Like, you know, the big bad organisation yeah. that was behind the whole previous three movies is over. Like, you know, it's just, this is it. Like, it's, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's never the end. <laughs> Um, so after Skyfall became the biggest Bond movie ever, um, Sam Mendes and the cast reunited to, um, make a follow-up that connected every film in the Daniel Craig era, um, returned to the dangling threads of Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace and secretly brought back one of 007's most iconic villains. So Mendes initially walked away from the project and in a statement talked of, quote, a very, dif- a very difficult decision, but cited theatre and other commitments that needed his complete focus over the next year and beyond. As we know, Mendes recanted four short months later. 
So he was like, nope, don't want to do another Bond. And then he was like, oh, actually. They definitely went, do you want a couple of extra million dollars? Maybe I'll come back. There was definitely just a higher money off. And he was like, you know what? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it was released in 2015 and had a budget estimated to be around 245 million, with some sources listing it as high as 300 million, making it the most expensive Bond film and one of the most expensive films ever made. Do you want to know what the most expensive (laughs) film ever made adjusted for inflation is? Gone with the Wind. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides what the with fuck? an adjusted cost of $435 million. Spectre, Spectre not even comes good. in. Hang on, let me find Spectre. I have to scroll a bit. Hang on. Where are we? Obviously a long way down. Oh, I had it just Pirates before. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, the f- worst one. It's the shit one <laughs> at the like, end. Oh. So Spectre is number 26. <laughs> What's its inflation? I mean, it's not going to be that much higher. So its inflation is 200. Well, they're saying it costs 245. So its inflation is 267. X-Men The Last Stand beats it at number 23. Can you believe that? Yeah, that movie probably would have cost shitloads. But like, um, Paris of the Caribbean on Stranger yeah. Tides, that's the, that's the shit final one. Well, like half, you know, that's the bad and one. And then it's... Avengers, Age of Ultron, and then Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, and then Endgame and Infinity War, and then Titanic. Fucking hell. So, yeah. But I understand, like, you know, Avengers makes sense because there's so much CGI in those movies that, like, they're really expensive. Pirates of the Caribbean has a lot of water work. But, like, (laughs) on Strange Dark, that's nuts. (laughs) Fuck. It's massive. Four hundred, like half so a billion dollars money. to make that movie. I'm gonna find out how much it made. Oh, I can tell you. Okay, how much did it make? Um, it wasn't that much, was so it? So, one just over a billion. What? Yeah, just over a billion Fuck. dollars. Just about doubled it. Over double its. Um, I suppose it's got justification for a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. But bloody exactly. hell. That, oh. <laughs> um, and so. Yeah. Yep. Back to Spectre. Yeah, please. Sorry. Sorry. I'm that's just, just trying to compute that amount of money. Yeah, that's hurt my brain. It had a box office of $880.7 million. So not too shabby. Um, just about. Worst return in terms of Craig Bond films, I guess, in budget to yeah. making, but yeah. worth it. You made a billion on the last one. It doesn't matter. Exactly. It's just free money at this you point. You can afford to just lose free money. $200 million. Yeah. Um, Not even that, you're still up. So you're still yeah, hundreds you're of still millions up. of dollars. Who's complaining? Exactly. Who's complaining about a what over six hundred million dollar profit? Doesn't matter. Um. So the film. I mean, opened... double it for marketing though. It probably wasn't mm. double for marketing when you spent that much. Like marketing. I mean, a Bond movie. Bond. Bond gets like. They were goes like. To the ringer. They were marketing on like Formula One cars and stuff. So. There you go. Quite expensive. I don't know. I don't feel like that's actually costs as much as we would think but also i think it's bond a lot of the budgets covered by him drinking heineken's and that like that's a true thing yeah so i wouldn't be surprised if that much went into marketing too true um you can pay um, anywhere from ten thousand to fifty thousand dollars for a single uh race to have your brand on an f1 car shit so yeah Let's do that. Get some... Fuck. Get a, draw in the audience. 
Get a bit of visibility. Like this big on the back. Yeah. Yeah. I say this big as if like our listeners can hear. It was much like the size of a business card. I mean, an orange car would stand out though if we want to fork out more money. No, need a black one. There's this big orange square on it. It's already orange. It would just blend in. You wouldn't really notice this little text. Yeah, they're going so fast. Yeah, need a black one. It's like, what's that orange box? The weird three (laughs) D glasses in it. Um. So the film opens with a long take that joins six shots seamlessly and was one of the few scenes that required pre-visualisation. Through extensive planning, filming did not require motion control cameras. The scene joints were done in post-production through re-timing and re-projections, which even matched Mexico locations with interiors filmed at Pinewood. The planned scenes required the city square to be closed for filming um, a sequence involving a flight aboard a helicopter, which we have kind of touched on, um, which called for modifications to be made to several buildings to prevent damage. To execute these amazing aerobatics, the production secured the services of top stunt pilot Chuck Aaron, just one of three people in the world licensed to perform them. This particular scene in Mexico required 1,500 extras, 10 giant skeletons and a quarter... Oh, no, 250 thousand paper flowers surely they didn't actually film the helicopter above that square sure i don't know with if they Fuck. I I surprised if some of it was. but like that's so easy with, to just composite in people. i know the people are composited in underneath not. but like because some of them 99 percent of the people in that crowd aren't reacting to the helicopter doing loops in the <laughs> sky but like surely oh but no they did film it whoa yeah. I just assumed the whole helicopter was just fake. Nope. That's nuts. Obviously, like, interior shots yeah. and that would be... But I just assumed, oh, the helicopter's just CG. Like, it's fine. No. Wow. Chuck Aaron was flying Good it. Good on him. Getting punched in the face <laughs> by James Bond. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, pretty cool. One of three people licensed to perform it. Um... So the story sees Bond pitted against the global criminal organisation Spectre and their enigmatic leader, Ernst Stavro Blofeld, played by Christoph Waltz. Can we just... Who plans to launch... Sorry. Sorry, Sorry you go. Can we just appreciate, like, Bond finds out about them because they have their, like, logo, insignia, whatever you want to call, on a ring that they're wearing around? <laughs> Like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, why do you think to take the guy's ring for some reason? Yeah, but it's also like, if you're the most secret, like, evil organisation in the world involved in, like, human trafficking and terrorism and everything in between, why are you putting your logo on a ring that all your members are wearing? Like, I don't know. create that mystique. Well, it's a a secret. So, if you saw the ring, you'd think nothing of it. But another Spectre member would see the ring and be like... But then Q puts it on a little pad next to it on his laptop. He's like, oh, look at all this information I've got from this ring. (laughs) I don't know. What can I tell you, boys? I didn't... Look, it's got this this PowerPoint connecting Lashif and Raul Silva to to us for some reason. This weird (laughs) seven-legged octopus. So it's a... What seven? Septipod. Thank, thank you. I was like, no, my brain went. I went like, you know, I was like five, six, eight. What the fuck? Seven. But thank you. Seven. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Blofeld um, plans to launch a national surveillance network to mastermind criminal activities around the globe. 
The film would provide a minor retcon to the continuity of the previous films with the quantum quantum organisation alluded to in Casino Royale and introduced in Quantum of Solace, reimagined as a division within Spectre rather than an independent organisation, which is implied to be no longer active by the film's events. So, yeah. That's right. Cause they kind of just went... Moriarty's Quantum is part of this, but it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Which is good. Mm. Like, you know, kind of, it's a weird sort of, let's just make it all the same and let's bring Dave Batista in to have a weird, quirky muscle man. <laughs> I will get to him. Nice. Um, so, despite being an original story, Spectre draws on Ian Fleming's source material, most notably in the character of Franz Oberhauser, played by Christoph Waltz, and his father, Hans. Hans Oberhauser is a background character in the short story Octopussy from the Octopussy and the Living Daylights collection and is named in the film as have as having been a temporary legal guardian of young Bond in 1983. I don't like that bit. Mm. Why are they step... Why? Because they're like stepbrothers and it's weird. Yeah, it, it's, it just is weird. It's, it's a like, weird, why make uh, him... It's like, you're my brother, link. Bond. My, you're, my father <laughs> yeah, loved like... you more than he loved me. And now you're a like, spy and, that, and I'm yeah. the most evil man in the world because my father loved you more than me. It's like, what? See, I feel like Thank this God is you just didn't become a teacher or a gardener yeah, or something. Yeah, because then my evil organisation would have had to ruin your school. <laughs> Otherwise, this would have been like a lot of work for yeah. no reason. See, I feel like this is just classic Bond style. You know, you've got the crazy villains with the crazy connections to Bond. And... Like, I killed all your girlfriends oh. because my father loved you more than me. I killed your yeah. boss because my, my father loved you. It's like, he was with your father for like a Get year. Over it, so Bond has a lot down. of daddy issues. No, Blowfield <laughs> has a lot of daddy issues. Bond's just like, eh. All right. Um, so as Sam Mendes searched for events in young Bond's life to follow the childhood Discussed in Skyfall, he came across Oberhauser, who becomes a father figure to Bond. From there, Mendez conceived of the idea of a natural child who has been pushed out, cuckoo in the nest, by Bond, which became, which became friends. Also, Bond gets in um, a lo- essentially a lobotomy in this film, and he's fine. Yeah. Like, he's told the process he's going to wipe his memory, and it happens, and he's like, I'm good. Ever then, just doesn't. Yeah, that was like, like, it's a good scene. Like, the whole, like, it's, like... Up there with the ball whip level yeah, of horrifying, but, but it's like, like so obviously your machine yeah, doesn't work because you said yeah. like, what it was going to do, and then you did it, and he was fine, and then it didn't happen. Like, he didn't even get out of it. It happened to him, and his brain was fine. He just gets yeah. like, yeah, I'm good. Let's go. Let's blow this joint. Literally. I just assumed that there was more to it, that he would need more, like... Yeah, it was just weird. ...drilling to have a lobotomy. Yeah, but, like, it was meant to, like, ruin his, like, facial recognition so he didn't recognise who anyone was. And then mm. he was just... But he was so in love that... Love prevailed work. because... Take my watch. The dude's dad loved him so much that it was, like, a Harry Potter level of, like, the love will protect you <laughs> <laughs> from the badness. From the badness. Um, so... Obviously, we've got Daniel Craig returning for his fourth appearance as James Bond, while Rafe Fiennes, Naomi Harris, and Ben Whishaw reprise their roles as M, Eve, Moneypenny, and Q. Um, Roy Kinnear 
also reprises his role as Bill Tanner. He's great. His third appearance in this. He's is that um, yeah. M's secretary? Yeah. He's so yeah. good in these. Or personal assistant. He's just the best. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. I like him a lot, but I can't unseen as the guy that fucked a pig. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is forever. Unfortunately. But like, yeah. <laughs> I just feel, he, he's just such a good character in these movies. Like, he gets a lot of play in this one too and it's just like, you're just having a good time. Like, you're stressed, but you're yeah. secretly fucking loving this shit. Like, especially when it all goes to... It's like, oh, I'm in the thick of the yeah, action. When it all goes to shit at the end, he's like, oh, field work. This is exciting. <laughs> he's having a good time driving around. So we get the new edition of Leah Sado as Dr. Madeline Swan, a psychiatrist working um, at a private medical clinic in the Austrian Alps and the daughter of Mr. White. And Mr. White comes back. Um, and yeah. blows his own brains out. Mm. Um, you've got Andrew Scott as C., um, you mean Moriarty? Because <laughs> he's just the same yeah, character in this Moriarty. as he is in the BBC Sherlock. <laughs> the most clearly evil man I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah. from this, the first scene he's in, it's I like, I'm the bad guy. Was, I forgot yeah. that he was in this, and then, yeah, saw him, and I was like, oh, Immediately wait, I know where, what Yeah, it's like, you are the most handsome Bond villain to ever Bond villain the handsomeness out of, like... Yeah, I guess he he's like, I'm so, the villain now. It's like, bruh. <laughs> So he, so C is the head of the new joint intelligence service and an agent for Spectre, heavily involved with their plan to merge nine national intelligence agencies into the Nine Eyes Committee, thus allowing Spectre the power to take over the world. And they bomb the South Africans um, into submission. Yeah. Um, Monica Bellucci um, joined the cast as Lucia Schiara, becoming at the age of 50, the oldest actress to be cast as a Bond girl. She had previously auditioned for the role of Paris Carver in Tomorrow Never Dies, but was passed over in favour of Terry Hatcher. Um, Jester, Jester? Jesper Christensen returns to his role as Mr. White, a fugitive from MI6 and a former senior figure in Spectre's quantum subsidiary, as portrayed in Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Um, but he's now dying from thallium poisoning after falling from Spectre's favour over his reservations relating to human trafficking. And then finally, we have Dave Bautista. Um, so he was cast as Mr. Hinks after producers sought an actor with a background in contact sports. The character only has one line in the entire film, which is... Sheet. <laughs> All he says. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Pulled out of the train. That's so funny, too. Um, so what a way to die. So <laughs> Mendez thought the silent nature would drive Batista away, but the lifelong Bond fan, Bond fan expressed interest in reviving the quiet henchman archetype of characters such as Jaws, such as in Jaws. Um, Batista's performance was inspired mostly by a job from Goldfinger and said not talking created an acting challenge. Quote, trying to find this way where I am actually going to have to speak without speaking. Because Odd Job is the one with the metal hat, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, and then Jaws is the one that had the metal teeth. So then hmm. he's got the metal thumbnails. Metal thumbs. That he just hmm. digs into people's faces, Game of Thrones style. 
disgusting. I don't know which one was first, but yeah. Also, great way to introduce a character, though, that doesn't speak. Yeah, until he gets a rope wrapped around his neck and thrown out of a train. Because mm. it's quite funny. I love that that is all he says, though. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, and that's all I have on those two movies, guys. Oh, well. What do you guys think of Leah Seydoux? Just bored sleep with her in this, like, like uh, in Madeline in this one. I yeah, he sleeps with both Bond girls in this film. What yeah. a man! Mm. He gets around. <laughs> what a man! How do his oh, balls still working after fucking getting annihilated <laughs> by that rope? Is what I want to know. Like, how's he getting <laughs> one up? Like, his junk got absolutely I... abused. By a, yeah, like. <laughs> like destroyed like he was in a wheelchair because he couldn't walk because his nuts got destroyed I'm sure also I feel like what if someone else resources? is on the train to kill us no it's fine I'd, yeah. I'd just be paranoid I just feel like oh what if someone else comes up behind me <laughs> Bond will oh, fight yeah. someone naked it's fine don't worry about it he'd do it <laughs> he, he just, his balls can't get me like worse only weakness isn't it <laughs> what women that's the time to kill him when he's in the middle of I still yeah. reckon he just pull yeah. out a Population. gun out of who knows where, shoot him in the head, and just be like, I'm busy. <gasps> like, it wouldn't even be a fight. Like, he'd just be like, yeah. Also, um, Hinks is, like, kind of coming in on that train scene where he, that leads to his death. He could have just snapped Bond's neck or shot him in the back of the head. But he chooses... Or shot him in the back of the yeah. head instead of kicking he the table. kicks the table out. And as yeah. a fist fight, like, just sh- fucking shoot him in the back of the head. <laughs> like, That's the one thing that annoys me about these arrival, movies, like... Just kill them. Like, Bond would not I have guess hesitated. The plan was, fit. was the plan for Bond to not be killed because Blofeld wanted him? Yes. Like... But, like, if that was roles reverse, Bond just would have shot him in the back of the head and be like, oops, my finger. Or found a sink on the train <laughs> yeah. to drown him out. <laughs> I mean, he just threw him out instead. He went, see ya. <laughs> oh, too funny. Maybe he drowned in a puddle that he fell into. I think he drowned in his own blood <laughs> as his neck was snapped. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> God. Uh, I, I, I do like the silliness of this film. Like, you know, as I mentioned, it's a lot couch. more lighthearted. Yeah, it's 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 the most Brosnan-ish that it gets. Like, there's the plane going down the hill, and he's just pumping through buildings in the crashed plane. And it's like that. Mm. This is just getting silly, but at the same time, it's great. It's like you know, Brosnan's Bond kite surfing down a tsunami. Just don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's fun. Yeah, he can do what he wants. That, that should be said, their catchphrase. I'm glad they're doing another one, though, because it just doesn't feel like a real satisfying end. See, I think it wraps yeah. it up, you know, quite well. Yeah. I liked Vesper Lynn. More. All I'm saying is that In No Time to Die's mm-hmm. poster, he looks so old. I know. <laughs> like, yeah, so it was weird going back and watching Casino Royale. I was like, yeah. oh my god, he looks so young. It's just crazy. <laughs> Can we just go back? Wait, so what do you think about Vesper Lind then compared to Madeline Swan? I think they just have way more chemistry. Like, mm. they just seem kind of bored together, him and Madeline Swan. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but they're just, I don't know. I just don't think they mesh together as well. Mm-hmm. That's fair, Jacob. Also, my what what oh. like this doesn't really matter, but like the age difference, I think, is also more. Yeah. Like, well, it was 
noticeable mm, here. Born in 1968. So in right. the first, so in Casino Royale, which was what, 2000 and... Because he, he was six? like older than Casino Ava Green. Casino Royale was... I, yeah, 2006. Yeah. It didn't really matter. So he's like, you know, 38 in that. And right. then when you get to this, he's, you know, what, 40... 47. 47. And now in No Time to Die, he's like, you know, yeah. yeah, in his 50s. 120. <laughs> when it comes out here, anyway. Yeah. Be two, we'll be 100 by then. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's just, I don't know. I, I guess she was must have just been popular at the time, but I don't know. I, I just don't, like... She's not the... I, I don't think... It's, it's probably more time with her as well. I feel like that you don't get enough time with her to be like, oh, yeah, he'd retire again yeah. to be with her. Yeah. Well, she had actually just come off... Not the character, the actress, had just come off Blue, yeah. Blue is the Warmest Colour, so she was a hot Yeah, comedy. like a name. Right, yeah. yeah, probably. And also, you know, French, so you've got that allure. Mm, there you go. I mean, that's kind of all Bond movies are anyway. Like, I guess Dave Bautista just came off Guardians and Christoph Waltz did, do you know, like, Inglorious Bastards. Do you know what the so worst like... part mm-hmm. for this? Do you guys know what, like, the thing? It's like each Bond movie, like, it used to be like, there's the big laser in space or whatever, you know, and then it kind of went yeah. away from it a little bit in the Craig. Do you know what the thing is, like, the world-threatening, like, danger is for No Time to Die? Camp. Oh. What the big what the big secret weapon is that Bond's trying to save the world from? Do we want to go in blind? All I want to say is that this movie was obviously meant to come out in April last year. Oh no! It was written and made in in a (laughs) pre-COVID world. But the thing is a weaponized virus that attacks human DNA. Oh, that's in poor taste. <laughs> but, like, it was made before oh, the pandemic. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucked. Like, oh, that's not Oh, good. no. I'm surprised we haven't heard that yet. You'd think, like, there would have been, like, protests being like, they should have known this was going to happen. I, I remember, like, last year at one point it got delayed and it was like, is it being delayed because of COVID or is it being delayed because it's essentially about COVID? Because it is yeah. COVID. <laughs> and it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Oh, that's not good. Yeah. I wonder if they'll have to wear masks. Who knows? No, but it's going to be, huh. you know, it's just, it's so funny. And also the budget <laughs> for that one's like $300 million. And so far yeah, it's made so 606, so it's doubled it. And it's not mm. even out in half the world yet. I thought it was just us. Like, There's I think a couple of like, places, I think. We're waiting for everything. Like, Venom comes out at the end of November. Oh, what? Like, I don't care about that now, let alone two months after it's been released. Mm. Gosh. Stop asking me. Shall we move on, boys? Uh, I just want to acknowledge that uh, M has, like, the best line in any Bond movie in this. Mm. Please, please do tell. Do you remember it? I, obviously, I do, because I've been saying it. Right. So, yeah, when C goes to shoot him, he's like, I know what M stands for, moron. Yeah. I know what C stands for. Well, now we know what C stands for. Careless. I clapped. I was like, oh, very good. I don't, like, I I like Judy Dench, but she could not deliver that. Like, I don't know. I feel like like I could have had some punch if it was Judy Dench essentially calling someone a. Uh, Judy Dench would say it, though. Yeah. (laughs) 
that's just kind of her thing. Like, she's like, her character is being like, I'll have you killed. So she would just call someone the C word. Yeah, true. Like, that's the kind of thing you need an English gentleman to say. Yeah. yeah. That's what he is, isn't he? Ray Fiennes is an English yes. gentleman. Yeah. And that's why he would be the perfect Bond. Also, um, yeah. Hans Zimmer has done the music for No Time to Die, so it's probably going to have a fucking kick-ass score. Oh, beautiful. Mm. James is going to be so he happy. He is. Hi, James, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sh- Messages when yeah. you hear this bit. Um, shall we Shall we plot along to the, the future of the next segment? Yes, please. Um, yes. Oh, I suppose we have to ask our questions that, before sorry. we watch them both again. Oh, yeah, oh, go, go for it. Well, would you? Nick? Yeah, of course. You bloody I'd, watch, <laughs> I'd watch Skyfall again. I probably wouldn't watch Spectre again, honestly. Oh, my God. Scandal. That's fine. I, I do want to say, though, for Skyfall, I, I had this note. I'm glad that they don't change, like, M's character at all. Like, I'm glad it doesn't end with her being like, oh, I've changed now. I'm sorry, yeah. Rel Silver, that I left you to die. Yeah. Like, I, I love that the start of it, she was like, no, leave that dude behind. Let him yeah, die. Yeah, like, fuck that guy. This is this is what I have to do. This is yeah. my job. And I'm glad that that's like something that she's just consistent Sticks with. Sticks to her guns. She knows yeah. her role. And I think, yeah, that was a, probably the best time for her to leave the series. Yeah. Judy Dench is getting old now, too. Yeah. Yeah, man. But yeah. No, just for, yeah, I think those two alone, they just, yeah, they make it. I... I I've watched Skyfall heaps, and I, yeah, I just consistently keep watching it, even though Beautiful. the plots are very convoluted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just Bond for you. All right, Cat. What happens next? Wait, Jacob, would you watch? Oh, of these course, yeah. I said that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Just a given. Good. Um. So next, we have a little chat about what we've been watching and anything upcoming that we're excited for. Um. Do you want to go first? Yeah. <laughs> I have two things, um, sure. but you, you go. Well, I've been working a lot, and then I went home and visited my parents, so I haven't been watching a lot. I did start Gladiator with my dad, which is a phenomenal movie. If you haven't seen it, I've spoken about it before, and I'd really like to do an episode on it. I have dad, I watched it the other week. Yeah, one of Russell Crowe's best, if not the best, movie of his. Um, and just awesome in an epic yeah um what else have i been watching oh i just got in the mood to watch something you're gonna hate me both of you are gonna hate me so much (laughs) i just preemptively mad that that i didn't like have to think about and i knew was just stupid and but like kind of looked a bit cool i'm scared also terrible (laughs) i watched um wonder woman 1984 (laughs) (laughs) how shit is it it's so bad. It's so bad. Like, it's what, so bad. Where did that budget go? I don't know, but it's so bad. <laughs> it's terrible. It sucks. I did, however, really, really like Gal Gadot's um, outfits, the the 80s outfits. I she thought they were essentially, well. but other than like, that, kidnaps terrible. a dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like she ruins that guy's life. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Um. But other than that. I've watched one really good movie and one really terrible, so make of that what you will. Nick? Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> um, I, I assume you're also 
want to talk about this, Jacob. I watched Halloween Kills. Yeah, boy! How brutal is what it? What is this? It's so fucked. Oh, I, I, honestly, I, I was... Uh, I didn't really, like... I, yeah, they brutal, but... That, they lynch-mobbed that dude out a window. What? Um. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. This, Can you that explain whole the premise movie, of this, please? Okay, so, do you know the Halloween franchise we're talking like... about? The latest yeah. movie is called Halloween Kills, and it's a sequel to the Halloween movie that came out, like, two years ago. So, this was meant to come out last year. Right. And the next one, um, which is Halloween Ends... Whatever it's called, yes. was meant to come out yeah, yeah, this year, and they both got delayed a year. So Halloween Ends is a finished movie. Oh, did they film? The yeah, back to it's back? like it's all done, and <sighs> they were meant to come out, you know, last year, this year, and now it's this year, next year. So it's just sitting on a shelf at Universal or wherever the hell yeah, it is, maybe, just waiting for next Halloween. Maybe, maybe keep it there. Twelve months <laughs> next Halloween, next October, <laughs> whip it out. This- yeah, um, I didn't really care for it at Oh, all. it was very much a middle movie in a trilogy. It's, I, it was dumb. It, it felt... I, I think it, feel, to, it feels like to me it was written by someone who was, like, cancelled on Twitter. <laughs> Did you get that impression? It's weird. Like, it, I feel like it goes back on... So, like, I haven't watched the what, 2018 one since it came out, but the whole thing feels like it's just contradicting the 2018 film. Surely it wasn't written by the same person. I'm going to look it up. I think it was. I think it was written by Danny McBride and the um, director. But, so the whole premise of the 2018 movie is that Laurie Strode is, like, looked at as being, like, a psycho who was, like, taking this event that happened 40 years ago and she's just, like, gone nuts about it. But now... In this other movie, everyone, the entire town agrees with her, and everyone's like, I don't know, treating it like this, like this guy murdering three people 40 years ago was like a a thing that's haunted them for years. And like, Anthony Michael Hall plays his like character from the first Halloween. He's like getting up at bars, yeah. like making speeches about it. And everyone's so like, weird. oh, yes, yeah. so, yeah, like, yes, oi, to. To Laurie, let evil dies tonight, as they say hundreds of times. And there, there is a scene in this where. Oh, yeah, full spoilers because yeah, no one cares about this movie. Oh, yeah, like. It's terrible. Why, why not? We're not spoiling anything that happens. Like, everyone knows that people are going to get stabbed and that obviously he's not going to die at the end because we just said there's another one. Yeah, so. so... Okay. There, there's a scene where all these people are in a hospital chanting evil dies tonight, talking about killing Michael Myers, and then a crazy guy who isn't Michael Myers, I assume he's in the th- Yeah, he's one? the other, he's one of the, Michael Myers he's, and him escaped the, the same crash. And he's right, just like running okay. around like, I'm going to get killed. Yeah, this guy's like rocking up helpless and he rocks up to the hospital and people are like, that's him, like corner him and they like chase him through the hospital and he ends up jumping out a window killing himself and i his like, spotted head looks pretty good get... it looked good like that's the thing like all the violence looks yeah. good but I, that's a yeah given, like in this kind I of i mean movie, it does but... only have a budget of 20 million dollars right and it is a blumhouse production there you go but like i i don't like this was made in 2019, so I don't see what the message is supposed to be. Mm. Like, because I, I remember the, the 
2018 one, like Jamie Lee Curtis was in interviews being like, oh, this is sort of like a metaphor for the Me Too movement and like trauma and that type of stuff. And now she's doing it's just lynch mobs now, saying, I guess. Yeah, like she's comparing the lynch mobs to like the Black Lives Matter movement. I was like, oh, well, that wasn't really the intention when you were yeah. filming it, was it? And also that's probably not the, you the know, comparison that's you want to make. It's not the, like, I don't know if it's offensive, but it's like kind of poor taste, like to compare yeah. it to that. I was like, okay. And I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like Jacob said, it's a very middle of a trilogy movie. Like there's just, mm. yeah, there's n- really not much to it. Also, I guess Michael Myers is immortal now. Yeah. Because I feel like they went out of their way to make the point that he's not immortal, but he's shot. He's more than shot. He is set on fire, stabbed, (laughs) shot by at least 10 bullets. With a a pitchfork. Pitchfork through the uh, spine. and stabbed multiple times. um, Hit by a car. And he's just fine. I feel bad for Judy Greer. She carried this whole movie. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm really not looking forward to whatever this last. Oh, I am. Maybe I, oh, I, I hope they just wrap it well, up. They have to. It's called Halloween Ends. It's got to be the last one. It's it's got ends yeah. in the title. Huh. Yeah, but yeah, ends. They won't. Like, I think they will now. I think after this one has like done, well, it might have done well, box office wise, but it, it's getting grilled for just being not great. Give it another oh, twenty years and it'll come back, or fifteen uh, even. Yeah. Anyway, what else have you been watching? Um, uh, probably something else. Oh yeah, I watched the first like forty minutes of Army of Thieves. Yeah, I, I don't know if I want to watch it. Is it good? There's no zombies, uh, so like, what's the point? From what I've seen, like the start of it was probably better than I remember Army of the Dead mm. being. Like, it's it's entertaining, and I like the lead. It's, it's the the safe yeah, cracker yeah, from yeah. the Army of the Dead. But then it got to a point where they're like, "Oh, all right, so we're doing a heist, and this is our crew, and it's giving them all like Suicide Squad style intros." Didn't they did that in Army of the Dead, though, didn't they? Did they? I'm sure I, they did. I don't know. I don't think they did. I don't. Well, I don't them all remember that, but they. But they're definitely an army of thieves, and they were doing that. I was like, nope. <laughs> just, cause I, I was tired, and I was like, nah, I'm not sitting for another two hours of this. And then I watched something else. But, like, it could be better, and by all accounts it is. So, maybe. I might finish it. I but, might check it out. Yeah. I, might. I think I'm going to watch it tonight. So I'll let you know. I like a I heist can... movie, but I was just like, oh, this is another crew of people who I are shit. I love me a heist movie. Yeah. We'll see. But um, in terms of looking forward to, did you guys all watch the trailer for Lightyear? Oh, yeah. Bill Sorry, Infinity I and missed Beyond. That because I opened Netflix and it started playing. Uh, what did you say? Lightyear. Lightyear. Chris Evans. Oh, yes. I'm very Chris excited. Evans I saw it like a headline. It was like Screen Rant or BuzzFeed or some fucking shithole like that. And it was just like, <laughs> why Disney recast Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear? I'm like, because it's not a fucking Toy Story movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that's what uh, my mum was struggling with. She was like, wait, but he's not a toy. I'm like, yeah. yeah it's, it's not, not even not the first non-toy Buzz Lightyear movie we've had. 
we have Star Command. Oh, yeah, true. Like there, there, yeah, I love more, that yeah. movie. Isn't that Patrick Warburton or yeah, something? Yeah, so that one's not Tim Allen either. So like, I don't know why it's such a hard concept for someone to grasp that, you know. It's like I feel like if they did a, like a Woody one, you know, actually that play would still be Tom Hanks and his brother. Yeah, it's got to be Tom Hanks. You know. Yeah, get Tom Hanks' brother. Did you know that? that yeah, um, we, went, we, we did this. Tom Hanks' brother does this voice. Sorry, that's an inside joke that I have with someone that doesn't listen oh, to okay. this. Oh. I was like, we did that in your episode of Toy Story. No, 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 no we didn't. I'll, I'll play this to someone and he'll be very upset. Okay. Um, that's a fact that I know myself. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so is that everything you've got, Nick? Uh, yeah, well, much. I've been binging a show on Netflix called For Life that just popped up in the, like, you know, recommended tab. And I was like, this looks interesting. From the little preview, so I've watched the entire first season, which was 13 episodes in, like, the last, like, few days. Um, is it four as in the number four no, like, or four F-O-R, as in F-O-R-I? Like, as okay. in, like, it's For Life. So it's about okay. a dude that gets a life sentence. Liz... Wrong, wrongfully convicted and gets an actual life sentence so he will never be released from prison and oh. while in prison passes the bar in a different state where inmates are allowed to pass the bar and then passes the character test because a state senator from his state is a character reference for him and then because he's in New York and then New York accepts like you can transfer your qualifications from what I can't remember what the state that he gets his law degree from to New York so then he becomes the mm. prison representative so he is an inmate in the prison representing his fellow inmates in court that's cool while also trying to exonerate himself and it's really good I've just started se- there's two seasons I've just started season two I watched the first episode before recording this um, I'm liking it, it it's you know, a low-budget sort of courtroom drama. It's got a really good cast of people. There's that. There's one character, like, actually, I'm like, it's that guy, but I don't know what I've seen him in, and I didn't look it up. <laughs> but, like, it's just, you know, kind of got... It's, it's a good, you know, there's... Oh, it's got 50 Cent in it. He's one of the executive producers, and he pays one of the inmates. Huh. Yeah, and he's really... Oh, are you talking about Nicholas Pinnock playing Aaron Wallace? I mean, that's the main guy, but that's not who I was thinking of. Yeah. As it's that guy. Oh, okay. God, Google keeps asking me if I'm a robot every time I search something. Because I just keep writing, I just keep <laughs> typing in movie names. But yeah, no, it's um, it's a really good show. And I the first season's on Netflix. Um, I had to watch the second, the first episode of season two on the uh, great Australian streaming service Nine Now which is fully included with, like, two-minute ad breaks every, like, seven minutes, and I wanted to head up the wall. So I'm going to have to find an alternative <laughs> to watching season two somewhere because that's I can't do that. So many ads. And then one of the ad breaks was the trailer for James Bond four times in a row. Oh, my God. And by the fourth time, I was like, this is really annoying. I don't want to see this trailer again. <laughs> I was like, this is how I felt. <laughs> When I was watching maths, I was like, holy shit, I get it. I don't want the new Oreos. <laughs> They're fucked. 
Oh my god, I actually watched because our internet died when I was at home with my parents, and the only movie on was Jurassic World on Saturday night. So we watched Jurassic World, like old school, on the TV, Ew, on like ads. live TV with ads. It was it was kind of great because we got to get up and do things and then sit back down when it came on. But also terrible movie. Oh. Don't r- really enjoy oh. it. So, um, Indiara, Indara, Indira Varma actress is plays the warden in the jail if you looked mm. her up like she like you would recognize her face she's also in the upcoming mission impossible and obi-wan kenobi series she's just oh. you know killing, killing it. it she's in lots and lots and lots of different things that's so good game of thrones is where you would know her from oh yeah but yeah um Okay. So I watched that. And looking forward to is I am going to the movies tomorrow night. Do you guys know what comes out this week? Um, The movie Nick's so excited for. Marvel's The Eternals. (laughs) Oh, of course. It's it's actually just Eternals, Jacob. Shut up, Nicholas. (laughs) Also, you've got to go see it like you know, 10 times so they can make their money back. Apparently the um, box office predictions have gone down this week. Shit. Oh well, I still watch because it's like the it's the only uh, Marvel movie to be rated rotten, which doesn't matter obviously because obviously like sixty percent of people have still said, "Oh yeah, it's okay." But, but also like it hasn't even come out yet, so yeah. like how is all these people mm. reviewing a movie they haven't seen? Well, no, it's um, critic reviews, so people who have gotten early screenings. Uh, I was like, how is an audience score? <laughs> That's the thing. It's coming across, at least in the marketing, as a type of movie where people would be like, oh my god, my eyes were glued to the screen. I love it. That's right. It. It's up to 58% now, so it's fresh. It's on the fresh scale. I don't know. Very I think good. It just looked... It almost looked dated in the trailer to me. I haven't... I have obviously haven't seen it. I obviously don't know It looks know like a shampoo the... commercial. Like, it, yeah. it, like, cinema... Like, I'm I'm half expecting to be, like, sitting in the movie theatre and have, like, someone be like, Oh, my it's God. It's Uh, Rob Stark. You're not yourself. Have a Kit Kat or something. <laughs> <laughs> I just... That's it. It's just, like... I don't know what Marvel's doing at the moment in terms of, like, marketing... But I feel like there was such a massive push for Shang Chi. I feel like there wasn't a push. And I feel for like Shang-Chi. I saw more of that. And then Eternals is like, huh. and then it's like, there's 45 days. Oh, it's less now. It's like 43 days or 42 days until No Way Home comes out. Yeah, what are and they there's do? Like, no they're poster. Not... We've had one teaser trailer. <laughs> like, there's nothing. Even that's on the Instagram, thing. the it's, actors aren't yeah, posting I anything. I don't understand. As soon as they... That's the thing. That's their problem. As soon as they release anything for Spider-Man, Eternals is just going to get... Yeah. Creamed by, like, they're just going to get like run over by I a honestly train think of the, like, people being like... Sh- oh, well, I, yeah, I think that they should have just gone... Put the trailer with Eternals... In the post-credits? No, like at the start uh, of Eternals I, and don't release it online. Like, so, like, if you want to see the Spider-Man yeah. trailer, you've got to go see Eternals. You have to go see Eternals. That would be so It'd get leaked online. Like, we talk- it would work. We were talking about people that drove cross-country for hours to w- see I Am Legend so they could see the opening scene of The Dark Knight. But this... That is, That's true. This is, we're in a very different era now where people have HD phones. Yes. Like, you know. But, like, 
you're gonna want to see like it's the spider. That, that being said, that would that would get yeah. me. Uh, even though I've I've been saying for weeks, oh fuck this yeah. movie, I have to go see it anyway. Yeah. So like if they said to me, oh yeah, come see it for a look at No Way Home in HD, I would just yeah I I I Toby Maguire dance my way into the theater <laughs> and I also think that and I'm immediately leave after Kevin Feige. <laughs> said this week that fans shouldn't get their hopes up for No Way Home because they're going to be extremely disappointed. And I'm starting to think more and more that Garfield and Maguire aren't in this film. I would love it. I, I would have more respect for them if they weren't in it at all. Like, I'd neither rather, Sony or Marvel like, have said at, at least, that they're going to be in it. At least I can have a laugh. Like, at least yeah. me, I can just... Walk out chuckling, knowing that everyone will hate yeah. it. Like it'll be Lost Jedi times a million. It's but, gonna be so funny. But like if, if they're, they're just in it, it I'm gonna yeah. love it. If they're just in it for a cameo, I would. I it's would, all or nothing. Like, I'd rather, yeah, either yeah, exactly. commit to a Spider Verse like or just don't. We're not gonna get. We're not gonna get Spider Verse level involvement in the story. So I think I'd rather not see what them. What I all. would like is if they do do it. Right when we get to the animated Spider-Verse 2 have all three of them in it. Like, animate... As, like, nah. live action. No, like, just animate these three characters voiced by Tom oh. Holland, Maguire, and Garfield in... No, like you said, I feel like that's still... That, it lands in the all-or-nothing category for me. Like, putting them in animated, I'm just like, uh, no, I want to see... I want to see their faces. Oh, wait, were we also going to talk about Harry Styles? No. <laughs> uh, in regards to what, cat? Don't spoil it. Isn't he? Don't um... spoil it. Oh, okay. Okay, I won't say anything that hasn't already been all over Instagram. Um, I know. If you just look up his name, it's it got to the point like BuzzFeed and like comic book movie and stuff were just posting it in their headline. I know. Like, you yeah. Can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. What do you? So no strong feelings or just look. Like, I'm all no. for it. I don't I, care if he's good. He's... Without, yeah, without saying anything, he's um, good in things. So he's good I, in I, like, I, I have I have no problem with Harry Styles in general, but I think it is a weird. Fuck. What do I say? Um, yeah, it's just not. It's I don't know. It's a. It's take. Oh, God, what? How do I put this? Um. I don't think it is. It's a the weird direction for that character to be. Yeah. You should introduce. Yeah. I have to say, Jacob, I'm glad you told me because uh, if you go back to the episode where we were two weeks ago, or whatever. Oh God, oh, I guess I'm kind of giving it away to regular viewers, but um, yeah, if it, like I, I was kind of going in expecting, I would have gone in expecting like a uh, carrot top cast as a silver surfer type thing so i'm glad i know what it is now what about bill murray's but casting in ant-man 3 i i was over yeah. are you kidding no. you just... Jacob! What? It, it's, a, it's a it's casting he said it on te live television well i didn't know well, that. bill murray's been cast as an unknown role in ant-man 3 so there you go i can't wait for him to rock up and immediately sit in a seat and Provide all his well, lines said, from that seat in the whole um, movie. When asked about it, he said that he never wanted to do a Marvel movie, and then he got to know Peyton Reed really well, and then went, "You know what? I'll do it for you." So there you go. Aww. 
I love Bill Murray. Okay. Still a bit. That makes me happy. These movies like two years away. I don't care. Also, I think that Harry Styles, just back to Harry Styles, I think he will bring in an audience. There's no audience that... left to bring in that's. Oh, I. Oh, I, no, I, I think that's 100% the intention. I think... Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck it. All right, we're, we're talking about Eternals. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Specifically the post-credits scene. I, yeah. Yes, I, I think Eternals in general is going to... It's trying to be the broad appeal yeah. one. Because it's yeah. got, like... It's massive in, term, in terms of diversity. Also, I think that's what I'm trying to get there. The extra little bit of, like, teenage girls being like... And I think oh, they've also gone a bit bigger in, like... Let's cast, I'd say like bigger names or like more. Yeah, let's cast Angelina. Yeah, Kelly. and like, I I think the problem we're gonna see is well, the what reviews are saying is that suppose it's trying to be very highbrow and is just coming across as super bland and boring. Oh no. I'll let you know tomorrow it's night. Like, it's yeah, I, I'm, I'm predicting it's ago. going to be well. Cat, well, cat, it's fresh in Cat's brain. The end of um, Wonder Woman eighty four. It was just like, like seven minutes of Gal Gadot giving empty platitudes about the truth and how beautiful yeah. the world yeah. is. I think it's just going to be three hours of that in this so shit looking shampoo commercial. But it's got like a version of Superman, so like heat vision. Oh great, a, a, a dull Superman. Yeah, cool. I just want to see him heat vision summon in half. That's all I want. You know. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get that. Well, on that note... Where can people contact us, Kat? <laughs> you can email us at watchagainpod at gmail.com yes. or you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at watchitagainpodcast. Um, yeah, send us a message, send us an email. We will reply because we don't... Ha- Actually, I have a lot going on. These two will reply. I'll reply. Um, I'm a busy man. <laughs> I have all the time in the world. I will reply to you personally. <laughs> So Jacob will reply with a personalised message. Um, yeah. We'd love we'll to hear from you. Or just write a review on iTunes. Do it right now. Right now. Do just it right scroll now. down. What are you doing right hit now? Hit that five yeah, star Even if you're driving. Get your phone out. Get your phone out, yeah. Greatest five stars. Oh, watch the road. Oh, watch out. Oh, oh you've good. crashed. Now go back to it. Unlucky. <laughs> oh, you idiot. Thanks for coming. Like, <laughs> what are you on your phone? Oh, what have you done? Oh, good bit. Good bit, guys. We um, have an email. <laughs> from hey do you want to boost your statistics by doing this no. hello dearest hello spelt wrong um, <laughs> off to a good start off to a strong obviously texting fan. while driving it's to uh, us an undisclosed recipient we are bcc'd in um right. it is my pleasure to communicate with you i know that this message will be surprising to you my name is mrs janet gay markham I'm diagnosed... Oh, okay. Poor Janet. <laughs> I can see where this is going. I don't know if I want to... I was making fun of this, and it's obviously a scam email, but it's really, like, kind of sad in terms of... Well, don't read it. Um, I'm diagnosed with undisclosed illness, which I'm not going to read out, which my doctor have confirmed that I only have some weeks to live. I decided to hand over the sum of $3.5 million in my account to you for the help of the orphanage homes and the needy ones. Oh, do we count as needy ones? Uh, I think <laughs> so. Um, please, kindly, with about seven spaces in between please and kindly, 
Um, reply me here soon as possible to enable me to ama- enable me give you more information. But before handing over my details, you please assure me you will only take 30% of the money and share the rest with the poor orphanage homes. Thank you. I am waiting. We can do that. Sorry, Janet. So, so this is definitely a scam. We're not millionaires. Definitely a scam. Yeah. Okay, Janet, fuck off. <laughs> you and your undisclosed <laughs> illness. <laughs> uh, oh, I've never this. heard of such someone a thing. else has offered us three point five million dollars. Same amount. Gosh. It's urgent too. We are millionaires. Um, Okay, as riveting as this is, I I'm don't just reading out our mail. I'm just, I'm just proving to our listeners that if you send us an email, I will fucking read it out. <laughs> Gosh! Oh my god, there's so many of them. Okay, well, let's not read no. all of them. You can do that in your own time, Jacob. Some of us want to go okay. to bed. Well, um, as always, thank you so much for listening. We will be back with some sort of topic or movie, or who knows what we're talking about next week because we don't. Um. If you have a suggestion or a movie you would like us to talk about, email it to us, message to to us, and we will watch it. Or tell us in person if you see yeah, us. Yeah, all that. You know who we are. Just don't come up to me on the street. It's weird. <laughs> um, and yeah. Um, otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I am your host Jacob, and with me are. I'm Kat. I'm we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.